money. I don't have your money. I know I'd be a lot happier with some extra cash. Is this about money? Oh, man, we got bills to pay, buddy. <laughs> Obviously, this is all about money. I got to talk to you about money. With practical tips and a focus on scripture, let's talk money with Dave and Reb from More Than Enough, the financial show that speaks to the heart of your money story. Real conversations about money for real people. Let's talk money. Are you ready to talk money, Reb? I'm ready to talk money. You say that with a smile. I do. Woohoo! <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people listening here that probably won't have a smile if I was to ask that question of them. So <laughs> if you're just tuning in, this is the show where we talk money. I'm Dave. I'm here with my wife, Reb. And of course, we have our one of our regular guests in the studio with us in Ray Borg from Financial Discipleship Canada. Welcome to the show, Ray. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be here. So we have been uh, coming off the last number of weeks. If you haven't heard the last number of weeks in terms of the show, go back uh, morethanenough.ca, chri.ca. There's the, the they're always archived there, or your favorite podcasting platform, whether it's iTunes, TuneIn, um, Reb. What other one do we Google? Google, Google Play. Play. I Tune think in. we're on Spotify now, yeah. although there's been some delays our, yes. there. But anyway, so if you have a platform that you love to download your podcasts on and Let's Talk Money with Dave and Reb is not on it, reach out to morethanenough.ca. Send a little email and say, hey, I'd love to get the show on that. We are expanding the reach of Let's Talk Money mm-hmm. and we'd love to just continue to do that. So so join us. Give us where 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 do people need to hear how to walk in freedom in the area of money? Right. And uh, we'll happily put ourselves right in that place. So today, yes. As I said, we coming off a couple shows where we are we're talking to some of the people who have gone through coaching and their experience mm-hmm. of being in a relationship with a financial coach, how that's worked. And and, and, and I was thinking about Lisa because she was on last week and she, it, took, it took her a year of listening to Lynn's radio show for her to have the courage to phone the to, yeah. The, so if you've so been listening for a year, it's about time, time you they call. Called. There you go. <laughs> There's the push. It's it's but September. It's kind of a reset for a lot of people. And guess what? Make the call. But I, that was kind of encouraging. And um, actually, in a in a little while, we're going to actually have Lynn on the show. That's right. So if you, she's she's come back for a little while. She's going to tell us what she's been up to. But um, I, that was kind of encouraging because sometimes we're behind our desks at the office and we wonder, you know, does this really matter? Anything that we do or say or and uh, the, having those the last few shows was really encouraging just to to hear that. And that after a year of listening to the show, you know, sometimes that's what it takes. So I'm, I guess that's my little plug. If you ha- need some courage it's okay because we all need courage and mm-hmm. and uh, w- walking alongside people. So, and it does come. take courage. It does. Take I mean, courage. that's such a great word, Reb, because I the know. reality is, is um, you know, just making that phone call takes courage. Takes courage. You know, just coming into the office and and sitting down with a coach and, and in a sense saying. This is where I'm at right now. I know because that you're. Takes courage. It's like being in your bedroom, really. When you open up your finances to somebody, I we get it. I it's not my favorite thing to do, but and, and I will. 
so many times I just, I look at and I think, oh, don't, don't wait. Don't, it's like, Reb, I know you can appreciate this. You know, when, when you have somebody coming to clean the house, you clean the house a little bit ahead of time so that it doesn't look so bad, right? But the reality is, is don't do that because then you may not actually come, right? You're, yeah. you're thinking, oh, I got to get cleaned up or I got to deal with yeah. this first. No, the coach is actually here to help you navigate. And the cleaner that. always knows how really dirty it is. Yeah, yeah. They can, yeah, yeah. they so, just uncover it. Anyway, yeah, yeah. we're go. But this kind of ties in with our uh, discipleship conversation we want to have with Ray um, this morning. But I'm going to read some scri- scriptures. We're going to look at the word discipleship because Ray is part of an organization called. Financial, Financial Discipleship, Discipleship Canada. Canada. And I read your little blurb on Facebook uh, recently about this word discipleship too. So obviously it's on your mind mm-hmm. and yes. it's and it's an important word for us because it's not really in our vocabulary these days. Maybe it's we think it's an older word, but discipleship, um, I've just written some blogs in, in August about stewardship and to me the words are interchangeable. So anyway, you can go read those on our website, but... Um, I'm going to read some verses because as Ray and I were talking about this topic today, what is discipleship? And he's going to describe it for us in a minute. We, I was thinking about, well, the disciples and how they were discipled by Jesus financially and what did it look like? So I was like, well, where do we find those stories? Like, are there stories where we can find out that that they actually lived out a financial discipleship model. And I was thinking of this story, and it's in Acts 3, when Peter and John are at the temple, and it was 3 in the afternoon, it says, And a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. I I just love the words. Peter looked straight at him. I mean, there's a whole thing in there. But anyway, then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. There is so much in this story, Mm -hmm. but for the purposes of our discussion, um, just... Peter and John were disciples of Christ, and they were modeling uh, what a disciple of Christ would do and be and say. And we're just going to back it up a little bit because I want, Ray, for you to tell us really what a disciple is, and then maybe we can dig into the story a little bit more. Well, as um, Rebecca and I were talking um, in the last week or two about what actually a disciple is, I was just sharing that whole concept about uh, a disciple was a follower of a particular teacher. If you look back in the Old Testament, New Testament times, the time of Jesus, there would have been um, um, teachers that would have been well-known in the community, in the cities, and um, teachers uh, who would have espoused their thinking and their, their concepts and their worldview. And 
students would follow them. They would pursue them and say, you know, could I follow you? A rabbi was a teacher, and so you would go and you would sit at their feet and you would receive instruction from them. They would teach you. And as you spent more and more time with that, you actually began to shift in your thinking. Your worldview shifted. Your vocabulary and language shifted to reflect that of the teacher you sat under because you began to assimilate their worldview, their thinking, their flow of thought, and others around would begin to say, oh, you've been hanging out with so-and-so. He's influenced your thinking around that. We still hear that today. And so in that time, too, Jesus walked with those 12 disciples, and he wanted to influence their lives. And I have heard the story that, I don't know if this is true, but if, if it was a muddy, muddy path and they were walking with their rabbi who they were sitting under, their cloaks would even have the mud of the shoes, like that of, of the rabbi in front of them because the rabbi would walk in front and it mm-hmm. would just splatter. And it, to me, it was just such a, a visual picture of how close a disciple would walk with their teacher. Mm-hmm. And I, that, I mean, there's, there's. So it's funny, you know. We, if I can rewind a little bit. So here we've got Peter and John, who Jesus has left. So he's gone to be in mm-hmm. heaven. The Holy Spirit has come. This is after Pentecost, and and yet, if we back up to when Jesus was actually on Earth at the feeding of the five thousand, there's almost this same question right in here because. Basically, Jesus in the feeding of the 5,000 says, silver and gold, we don't have enough food to feed everybody Mm -hmm. here. And this is the teachable moment for Jesus, (laughs) right? He knows, in a sense, what's going on. And he's saying, yeah, there's not enough food. And here we see that echo here as we fast forward to this story where Peter and John are saying, we don't have gold, but we do have Jesus. We do have something. And the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000 happens where he says, well, what do you have? We have a few loaves and a few fish. Okay, thank you, Father. And everybody gets fed. And then Peter and John, in a sense, it's it's almost the same series of events if you put those two together because Peter and John are saying, well, we don't have any money because that's what you think you need. But guess what? We do have Christ and you really need to be healed. So get up and walk and, and away they go. And so in a lot of ways, they did learn the lesson at the feeding of the 5,000. Mm-hmm. It took them a little bit because we know they didn't get it right away. <laughs> Anyways, but. but i that's where the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. and, and the revelation comes. And sometimes, I mean, that's if we don't have it, if you're listening and thinking, I can't, someone asked me for money, because I'm sure there are a lot of people ask you for money, like anybody out there. We've all been asked for money. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine if we say, well, silver and gold I don't have, but I'm going to, let's talk about Jesus. I mean, mm-hmm. are, are we, like, that's really convicting profound thought when someone comes with a money problem he had a problem and as a disciple what would jesus you know we have to look to christ and say okay father what would your son have done Mm -hmm. but anyway i i being a disciple what does that have to do with money like how does the finances and and discipleship relate well i think you know um as in those days, and even for us today, if we um, 
highly esteem a certain person who's very influential. You know, if you think all the money people that we think of with the Warren Buffetts of this world, um, those type of people, we want to know what's their thinking, what's their latest comments, those kind of stuff. So we may follow their Twitter feed or their blog mm-hmm. if they have one, those kinds of things. But how often do we take the time to go back and say, okay, Jesus, what did you teach about money? Do we sit down and actually, you know, chew on it as they would have as a, mm-hmm. as a student of a rabbi at that point and assimilate it into your thinking so that as, as Dave was just sharing there, the disciples already learned already through the feeding of 5,000. It wasn't about money. It was about meeting a need and that there was supernatural provision from another way, God's economy. And so um, I think part of it is as a disciple, do we go back to what did Jesus teach about money and possessions? And do we begin to understand the principles that we can glean from the word and begin to implement in our life to see a shift, in the, even in our thinking about how it may have control over our lives? I got. I mean, it's it's so hard. Like I'm, I, you I know, know. Again, going back to, <laughs> I'm just to like, this scene oh. and going, you know, if we if if we place ourselves in the scene with Peter and John, so let's say Peter and John are walking in and we're behind them, you know, the in a sense, if we're not aware or tuned in to what what God really wants to do in this situation, then Peter and John could have just simply went, well, you know, we don't have any money, so carry on. Right. Like there's no Mm -hmm. change in my pocket. There's nothing in the purse. So we're going to the temple and that's what we're doing. And we're on this, you know, this is what we're doing. And so many times we see the model of Christ walking, seems to be going somewhere. And then there's a this pause. There's this detour. There's this miracle. There's something that happens. And, And so, again, we see that in a sense, modeling that Peter and John stop and go, you know, I sometimes think, did they look at each other, right? When the guy says, hey, you know, alms and, and Peter and John kind of look at each other and go, yep. You know, they, they kind of give each other the nod to say, the Holy Spirit's up to something here. This isn't mm-hmm. just, we're going to answer this guy's, this alms question. You know, we're going to actually go, okay, Holy Spirit, what are you at? And it seems obvious. Okay, and the here's, but here's another thought, there. you know, because I'm thinking of any of us walking down the street and people asking us for money, and we often mm-hmm. say we don't have it. Or it's easier just to drop a toonie in somebody's hat than to actually stop and engage someone. And they said, like, that. what struck me even by reading it this morning, look at me. They were like, look at us and fix your eyes on us. And sometimes I think... In, on our journey, like even what we mentioned at the beginning of the show, having courage to come for coaching, it's you got to look at us. You got to look at your coach. You got to stare at, stare your finances in the face, stare your spouse in the face, stare yourself in the face because shame will keep us with our heads hanging. Mm-hmm. He was in shame, but he didn't know any different. And many of us don't know any different financially. We have been shamed in our story. We're single mothers. We're doing our best. We are, have a hard time. I, I actually have a girl friend who who has some health issues and she has to lift her own head off the pillow in the morning and that's and sometimes i think for any of you single moms out there you're lifting your heads off the pillow you're putting your hand behind you think okay i got to do this day again and you don't have capacity you're just your head you're you're buckling down but there are these moments in time when when jesus speaks to you as single parents and says lift up your head 
and look mm-hmm. because there's there's another answer and it it may not be in the and you're not going to get five hundred dollars in your bank account today but it's like you said it's God's well, economy hang on. you might you might <laughs> but you might yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jesus yeah. sends the disciples I, to go fishing to get the tax money I, I mean right you know, I, but, it, but that whole thing you and I David aren't even living there and you and I are constantly going to the Lord what does this look like yeah. what does it look like to walk along a street and say look at me I don't have money to give you because often we throw money at problems that's what you know everyone listening mm-hmm. knows that yes. in our economy government let's if just I had th- more money uh, there would there'd be, be no, no problem. problems but when God is the the resource he's our resource he's the source of living water Jeremiah 2 says if he is the source then he isn't just throwing money at us. It's a totally different paradigm. And I want to live in that paradigm. I just am not there yet. I, and I, I'm confessing that. I, I want to get there. I just, how do you get so free that money and possessions has no handle on you? Because it had that. Okay, so Ray and I are looking at each other going, I hope that's a rhetorical question, Rev. Because uh, 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 you know, we're going, uh, are you taking that one or am I taking that one? Uh, yeah, you know, so you guys can tell me, teach me how uh, yeah, to do yeah. this. Like, yeah, that's right. And I'm thinking of all the testing that comes with that. I know. And I know. And I just personal said it journeys right now. I just said it publicly on the air. Yeah, if you guys only knew what we were going through. Anyway. Yes. But, but also uh, recognizing that, you know, uh, and I think we do need to go back to what you said at the beginning, and and it's and I don't want to miss it. It's so key that when we look at Christ, when we we are disciples of the right discipler, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what that word would be, uh, mentor. That you know, what, but we can follow the Warren Buffetts, and we can follow Christ, you know, in a sense of saying, now, is Warren Buffett a bad guy? No. Does he have some good financial principles? I'm sure he does. He probably has some great wisdom and finances to give. That's not the issue. But if we then say, I'm going to put Warren Buffett above Christ, that's where it becomes the issue. And I think, the, you know, we want to really encourage everyone listening that Christ is the one that we need to disciple. And certainly from a financial standpoint, Christ talked about money all the time. I mean, 16 of the 30 parables that Jesus spoke talk about money and possessions. We know that he was constantly mentoring and teaching his disciples and us, because we get to read it, in how to live in this world and be, in a sense, God's economy is at work. You know, as I heard you talking earlier, Reb, I had this thought about Mary and Martha mm. in the whole discipleship process. You know, one is busy in the kitchen preparing the meal for the other, and the other one's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And those moments, and I, I guess I've just been reflecting the last few months, I feel like we've just been in this whirlwind and, um, mm-hmm. and, and this treadmill. And actually, my personal times with the Lord haven't been as rich and deep and meaningful because I haven't taken the time. Mm-hmm. Because it just seems like life has just been overwhelming. And uh, I realize there are times when I need to just hit the pause button to actually come and sit at his feet. Mm -hmm. Jesus, what is it you're saying? Me as your disciple, what is it you're saying to me about the area of of money and possessions right now? Mm -hmm. And um, and seeing if if there's something else he wants, he he may be just saying, look at me, look at me. Yes. I, like, and yeah. it disarms something yeah. in us, the shame and the power of, of, 
Because and, I, and I think that it, I think as well when we go back to the actual calling, when we see Jesus calling his disciples, he calls them exclusively. You know, some of the disciples left the family business right in the middle of the daily thing. They yeah. left their father and they came and went. So Matthew gets up and leaves his tax table. Come follow mm -hmm. me. I mean, when Jesus says, okay, you're going to be my disciple, it means saying no to other stuff. And I think, I know for me, one of the big tensions is, is yeah, but so what do I do with the family business? What do I do with the tax table? What do I do? With, I can't just get up and leave. That would be irresponsible. That That's me saying that. And yet, in, in some ways, Christ is saying it's not irresponsible. It's a high, it, it's a, you're going to come to me or you're not. You decide. And again, we see Jesus there's have that just interaction. No, there's no lukewarm with, with the father. Mm -hmm. There's mm -hmm. you, you either are following his son or you're not like it, it. It's like God or mammon. Like Jesus said it. I, I that's I, I, I've been so feisty about this because I'm like, we're not getting it. We, we can have all the great principles in the world, all the spending plans, which our team at More Than Enough teaches. But if he says, sell it all and give it to the poor, are we? Like, can you imagine if I read this somewhere and I thought, oh, I love it. You know, we take certain scriptures out of the Bible and say, okay, this is, a, you know, be born again. So everybody's born again. Can you imagine if we turned the teaching of sell all you have and give it to the poor as a, a central theme, like being born again? I mean, that would be like... Well, no, he's not asking me to sell it all. He was just asking the rich young ruler. That doesn't apply to me. Well, what if it does apply? What if the teaching of Jesus is so radical that we have to give it all up? We have to not, I'm not saying you have to go sell, quit your job and all of that. Or maybe you are. But maybe I am. And <laughs> these are hard things. And I'm not saying I get it or live there, but I'm like, are we following him or not? Are we trying to accommodate mammon in our following of Christ? It struck me when you said it. They left the businesses. They said goodbye to fishing and followed him. They could not keep their foot in the boat and still follow Christ. Yeah. And the question is, what are we keeping our foot in that's keeping us from fully surrendering to Jesus as disciples and stewards? And I think our process at More Than Enough, our journey if any of you have heard it for the last 10 years has been getting our feet out of the, the fishing boat and following him completely. And for everybody, the asks are different. I get that. Not all of mm -hmm. us can, you know, we're not all going to leave our family business, but what if our family business is a place we need to surrender and it becomes a kingdom business? Mm -hmm. What if we're raising, earning money for profit that's for the kingdom and not ourselves? Like, these are just all questions I have, and I'm convicted in my own heart about them for my own life, and you guys get mm -hmm. it this morning. Yeah. I think it's just about, uh, as you mentioned, it's about surrendering. Mm -hmm. Surrendering, whether it's taken a year to get to more than enough, it's surrendering the sense of shame and recognizing I need to allow mm -hmm. somebody else to have a look in. Because I've got it so muddled at this point, I don't know how to find my way out of it. And Jesus does that with us, as, as Peter and John did here with this gentleman here. There are times when Jesus wants to just come along beside us and say, look at me, I want to take you out of that place. You have muddled it, 
we try and do it on our own strength, but there's another way, and I want to show you how to do that. And he, he comes gently to us he often. Does. You he, know, it, his word cuts like a sword, right? Because that's what Scripture says. But it's also this this gentle healer who comes. He, he cuts with conviction, but he comes and says, I'm doing it with you. I'm always with you. I was with you when you left, when you were trying to get back in the boat. You know, mm-hmm. and he he did it for for the disciples after he died, and they went back to fishing that night. Like, because what else were they going to? They were going to go back to what they knew. And some of us are back in the boat, but he comes to us and he's cooking us breakfast on the shoreline, and he's waiting, and he's just no. This is what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. I know you went back to the f- boat, but we only have a few minutes left, and I am going to just throw this one out there for people to chew on because, of course. Jesus is on the shore with a fire and breakfast, right? <laughs> Provision, right? I mean, he's basically saying, hey, they're out in a sense back fishing, doing what they're comfortable with, thinking, okay, well, I don't know. Well, let's go. And Jesus is on the shore going, you really don't need that, right? And I love Peter's response is, is you know, even though they were fishing, he's like, I'm jumping out of the yeah. boat and I'm running to His Christ. I'm was, running yeah. to Christ. Yeah. I'm not waiting for the boat to get there. <laughs> I am diving in and going. And and so, you know, I think sometimes just that desperation to be near Christ, we just need to let ourselves do that, give mm-hmm. ourselves permission to do that. And, and going back to what Ray suggested, asking the Father, what do you, I'm going to sit with you, what are you saying about my finances? What do you say? And I'm going to read your word and I'm going to find out. I'm going to not go on Twitter for all the other updates, but I'm going to go to Jesus for his update. So, you know, and and you read from Acts chapter three as we started the show today. And of course, if you go all the way down to verse 16, at near the end where you know everybody is is in a sense going, what happened to this guy who has been at the gate beautiful we know him we've recognized him he's been there his whole life probably and peter and john say well it's jesus who you crucified that's the one who made him well don't look at us it's not us let's give the glory to to christ Mm -hmm. because it is him silver and gold Mm -hmm. we didn't have any we don't have anything in of ourselves but we have as christ and that is enough it's Mm -hmm. enough right and so um, as we say it more than enough, it's more than enough. He is more, more than, than enough. enough. And so, you know, I think that that's just when we talk about discipleship, as we've been doing today, saying it takes some zeal, it takes some desperation, and it takes some clear, it is all about Jesus. It is about him. It's not about us. It's not about how much we can do or what we can do, but to, to recognize that it is Christ, and how does that play out in our own lives, and and what does God call us to, right? Um, and that's oh, that's the journey, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And that's why we can relate discipleship and stewardship mm-hmm. and money. Okay, so Ray, can I have you just pray us out? Father, thank you for um, your gift to us of your Son, and in that place. We thank you for um, the teaching, the teaching of Jesus Christ for each one of us that is found in your word. And would you stir up a, a, a desire to search the scriptures and begin to understand and apply your principles? Those moments where you pull us up short um, in the gentleness of your spirit 
and you come alongside us and you prepare the breakfast at the shore. Once we're doing our own thing, but you're beckoning us to come aside and that you will come and love on us and teach us and show us the way out of our muddledness, the decisions and the shame uh, that we've walked under. And we thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your mercy, your forgiveness when we've made wrong mistakes uh, and how we've stewarded our money and possessions. But we thank you, Lord, that you will show us and teach us the way as we rely on you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you'd like to hear more Let's Talk Money, of course, you can get that on morethanenough.ca, chri.ca. If you want to reach out to us in any way for any reason, just a question or maybe you have some comments or maybe you do want to hook up with a coach, then morethanenough.ca is the easiest way. Uh, And then there's lots of our contact informations there. If you want some resources, uh, Financial Discipleship Canada is all about resourcing. There's all kinds of resources on the website. Check it out, Financial Discipleship Canada. Um, their website is notmine.ca. So notmine.ca is, is their website. And check out the resources there. And uh, I know that they will lead you to Christ. And so let's just wrap it up. Thank you once again. One last comment. If you want to sponsor a show, we always love to, to have sponsors. Tonight, the show is sponsored by More Than Enough because, well, we're doing it together. But if you want to sponsor a show, feel free to reach out to us. We'd love to have you as a sponsor. Thanks, and join us next week when we talk money. Let's Talk Money is a division of More Than Enough Financial Fitness, where God is transforming hearts and bringing hope for today and freedom for tomorrow. For more information or to comment on today's show, please visit morethanenough.ca.